I've been proud. Treading water that they drown. My head on a swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Hello and welcome to episode 62 of the Smash Accept podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore DadFF. Apologize for last week. You know, I, uh, I, got, I got cut by my former team to see if I was clearing waivers. Now I'm back in free agency, just like uh, Odell Beckham, which I'm sure we'll talk about here. Mung, I'm excited. You know, we had a week off there. I'm excited to talk it because week nine was just crazy, right? I mean, every single week this year has just seemed crazier than the week before. You know, I'm, I'm sitting here, it's three o'clock games. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about most of my teams. And you know as well as I do that I own Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins in almost every league. And now it's like, oh, let's let's scramble and try to figure things out. I mean, seems like every week just gets crazier and crazier. Yeah. Uh, what's up, guys? You guys can find me, of course, on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. And it's pretty nuts to think that we've just reached the halfway point of this season because it feels like you know, with many years that we've already kind of played through two or three seasons in just nine weeks, right? We remembered early on when Derrick Henry was just dominating and now he's out for the rest of the year. We remember when Jonathan Taylor seemingly had a very slow start and now he's dominating. So just a, a lot of players' stocks moving in, moving vastly up and vastly down in just a couple short weeks, really. And Derrick Henry is still the RB1 in points overall, which is absolutely crazy, you know, after missing a few. And, and that's why we wanted to talk tonight about teams that are, you know, we're going into week 10 now, right? We got to figure out, at this point, you know if you're in it, right? You know if you're a contender or not. But this is the time of year where we start to look at things and, like, got to determine if, you know, am I rebuilding? Am I retooling? And so those are some of the trades we're going to talk about next week is really kind of do that. But today we want to really hammer home the contenders, the guys that have that soft schedule that you haven't quite been looking at, guys that, you know, are coming back from IR that are, you know, there's some guys like Chris Carson, and David Montgomery that are really, you know, poised to make a, a big splash here in the second half of the season. And I'm just excited to try to, to add some of these, you know, there's some guys that you and I started texting each other and I'm like, I'm going to make moves for those guys, you know, and I, I was able to pick a couple of them up here. So we wanted to give you some ideas of what those trades look like. Some of those guys you should be picking up. Uh, but before we do that, Mung, like on your contenders, you know, right now you're seven and two, six and three, even even five and four with some some downward luck here. What are you really trying to do, you know, on those contending teams? Because I feel like this year and last year, we got to look at it a little bit differently, like two, three years ago. This is where I'd be doing a two-for-one, maybe even a three-for-one, and really trying to get that one piece to lock down the title. But how do you look at your rosters, and is, is, is COVID and, and the string of injuries we've had, is that scaring you off a little bit? Not, uh, not really, to be honest with you, because you guys know that I'm all about minimizing risk in Dynasty, right? Because long-term, there's so much variance that can happen, whether it's injuries whether it's surprise retirements like Andrew Luck and Calvin Johnson. Um, we know that injuries can happen. Just look at the slew of running back injuries, the ETN, Akers, et cetera, before the start of this season. But when you're in the middle of the season, that's when you got to push your chips all in, right? Because we know that it's still risky at this point, week nine, you know, uh, six weeks away from the fantasy playoffs, right? But at this point, other teams are also starting to figure out whether they're going for the title or potentially kicking off a rebuild. So depending on the league, of course, you know, there should be quite a flurry of trade activity uh, before that week 13, 14 trade deadline in a lot of leagues. So really at this point, yes, you don't want to necessarily mortgage your entire future to go all in. But you need to start making some moves because if you don't put out some trade offers soon, there's also the possibility that other contending teams could beat you to the punch for some players that you want to add to your squad to go for a title run. Yeah, and tonight we're not going to talk a lot about those big names. You know, we talked about that two weeks ago where I was saying, hey, I'm going out and I'm buying Christian McCaffrey. And in UDPL2, I was able to do that for James Robinson, Devonta Smith, and a late 23 first. And Robinson was my RB4. Devonta Smith was my wide receiver six, you know, so those are some of those moves where it's like, I feel like I'm going all in and that's a guy that, that can bring, bring that home, you know, and I feel like 
McCaffrey looked looked the part. You know, he came back this past week, saw 14 carries. You know, and he he didn't get into the end zone, but he was involved. You know, in the in the first half, we're not really involved in the passing game, but in the second half, completely involved there. Chuba was mixed in a little bit, but you know, it looks like Christian McCaffrey is back and and a guy that's definitely poised to lead you guys into the into the promised land. I think he's still at a value, right? I mean, you know, we talked a couple weeks back about our top five running backs and McCaffrey versus, you know, Jonathan Taylor. I saw a Twitter poll out today. It's 80-20 now, and I'm I'm firmly in that camp now. I was McCaffrey two weeks ago, but Taylor just keeps coming out every single week. But McCaffrey's available here, and that buy window seems to be closing up, right? So if you're if you see that he's on a team that's four and five or, or you know, even three and six, I think now's the time to make an aggressive move after Christian McCaffrey because he's the kind of guy that could easily win you a championship. Yeah, and I don't know if it's just McCaffrey being undervalued a little bit because of his recent injury issues or Jonathan Taylor being overvalued because of his slew of amazing games over the last few weeks. But I think if I'm if I'm recalling correctly, somebody asked me about uh, Jonathan Taylor for Christian McCaffrey in a first. And I, I told them to smash except that for a contending team. Getting McCaffrey and the first. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Wow, um, yeah. So, I, you know, obviously I don't think that's a deal you can get done in a ton of leagues. But, you know, they're out there. So it's time to test the waters um, because, again, in season is when a lot of dynasty values are in flux. So you just never know whether, you know, your league mates are super down on a player based on really good perform or excuse me, really bad performances the last few weeks or really high on a player that you could potentially sell high on because of the recent production. Yeah, recency bias is huge there. I mean, you know, I would say it should be a lot closer to 50-50, 60-40 with the Jonathan Taylor versus Christian McCaffrey hype. But, I mean, Jonathan Taylor since week four has gone out there and put up 20, 31, 28, 18, 21, 34. And just this past week coming off, you know, 19 for 172 and 2. So, I mean, Jonathan Taylor is an absolute beast. And we're not advocating selling low. But if you can get Christian McCaffrey and a first... We talk about insulated values. Usually we go the other way, right? We try to sell the older player. But if you're getting a guy like Christian McCaffrey on a contender, I think you've got to do that. And uh, think about, you know, players like DJ Moore or Mike Williams, right? How many firsts mm-hmm. in value have they lost over the last three weeks? People were talking about DJ Moore as a top three dynasty wide receiver uh, early on in the season. They were talking about Mike Williams being a world beater. And for the record, you know, I, th- I like both still long term, but just their value has changed very drastically over the last three or four weeks. Well, and I think especially in the Twitter community, I mean, the value of a player isn't what it used to, right? It's not like the guy will, we'll, we'll give him some patience. I mean, I find that I'm seeing, I'm seeing owners in, in a lot of our leagues where they're trying to trade based off of, you know, sometimes we talk about it all the time. It, it's a stock, you know, it is a player's value is a stock, not a player, but a player's value is a stock. And sometimes you got to hold those stocks, right? You got to hold those stocks before they take off. And we just get so excited and so enamored and want to win. We see that guy who had three big weeks and we're like, well, let's let's move on here. So let's talk about the running backs positions first. I talked about McCaffrey, another guy coming back from injury, you know, that we I, I was advocating plugging in his lineup. A lot of people were saying, well, you know, there's been Khalil Herbert has been really good. You know, and we're going to see what maybe it's a 50-50 split. That was not the case. You know, Montgomery was on the field 74% of the snaps and the way Justin Fields played, you know, in back-to-back games now, Montgomery's going to get some real opportunities here in the second half of the season. And I'm seeing people selling him for, you know, late firsts and super flex. I'm seeing him sold for two seconds and, a, you know, a, a lesser running back. You know, I think David Montgomery proved last year that he has the, has the chops to definitely take you where you're looking to go. Yeah, I think a lot of the concerns were alleviated last night against Pittsburgh. You know, a very good defense um, in his first game back, no less. And he, he looked every bit like his old self, uh, showed that burst. And, you know, to your point, I, I was someone who was concerned about Khalil Herbert maybe eating into a little bit of his work. But that just doesn't seem like it's going to be the case based on last night. So certainly feel more confident in him going forward. Yeah, and Khalil Herbert and, and Chuba Hubbard, I mean, I want to talk about this a little bit is, you know, the, those guys come back and I feel like the Twitter community and a lot of people just write them off completely, right? Khalil Herbert, what he did in David Montgomery's absence 
was fantastic. I mean, he went out there and he put up, you know, 10 to 15 fantasy points each week. And when that guy comes back and now all of a sudden there, there's that Khalil Herbert owner, you could probably get him added into a deal. You know, those are the, sometimes we talk about the shiny new toy, the guy that's out there playing, but you might be able to go out there and get Chuba. You might be able to go out there and get, you know, Khalil Herbert thrown into deals and the way guys are going down, the way the running back position has been with, you know, with things with COVID, they could be players where they prove that they could be solid RB2s on your team down that stretch run. And I think that's something where a lot of these different situations, I'm trying to buy some backup running backs. I'm trying to get some guys added into deals where if I'm trying to make a trade and it's close, hey, add in Khalil Herbert and you got a deal. You know, And I don't feel like most people are going to argue with that at this stage in the game, but that could give you a guy down the stretch week 15, 16, 17, you know, if Montgomery goes down again, you got a solid RB two in hand. Yeah, that's a great point because in a couple of leagues where I lost Christian McCaffrey, I went out and I made deals for Daryl Henderson and James Connor, not Chuba Hubbard, because at that point in time, the Chuba Hubbard dynasty team has all the leverage in the world, right? Now with McCaffrey coming back, this is when, I just sent out two trade offers for Chuba Hubbard because now he's pretty much worthless to that team until, you know, he'll be forgotten in, in short, in short time. Uh, and that's when you kind of try and buy that dip. Yeah. And that's buy, buy low, sell high, right? Two of the guys you talked about there are, are two other guys that we have on the list list. Let's talk first about James Conner, James Conner. You know, I, I have, I talked about the, some of these, powerhouse teams where I have Saquon and and Kamara and Zeke and I threw out there Connor this week because it was like I had DeAndre Hopkins and he was in my flex spot and I'm like oh man I need someone I was like I throw James Connor in there let's see what he does James Connor goes out and goes nuts right I mean he had an amazing game after his 42 points he put up this week he's looking at he's the RB10 right now and he has been rock solid you know and he's a great piece in that lineup that we want parts of that Arizona lineup, right? And James Conner looked great. Now he gets a three to four game stretch here where it's just him and Eno Benjamin because obviously Edmonds is out with a high ankle sprain at least three to four weeks now. Yeah, and look, Conner's another guy who we know that his value is in the short term, but that doesn't matter when we're in the midst of the season, right? Because right now, again, is when you are willing to pay a second a third for some of these players to just get you through the next three or four weeks, right? If you had Christian McCaffrey on the IR, if you had Saquon Barkley on the IR, you know, if you, if you made a move for someone like Connor or someone like that to just get you through the last two, three weeks, and you got two wins out of that, then that was worth that rookie pick. If it gets you to the fantasy playoffs and ultimately, you know, a top two, top three finish. Absolutely. And the Twitter poll that I just pulled up on my fantasy league has James Conner or a late super flex second round pick. And it's 60 40. I mean, that blows my mind. You know, like it's got to be, I'm not selling for that. You know, like if I, if a contender comes calling and they're like, obviously I always try to negotiate getting a first one way or another, right? Yeah. That's a late first. I'll throw in a third. Hey, that's a late first. And I'll throw in, you know, a upside wide receiver that might not pan out into anything. I mean, I think James Conner, Anything, you know, cheaper than a mid superflex second, I, th- I think is an absolute smash except. I mean, if you can go out there and get him for that, I'm all for that. You know, and I think there's the, the more depth you have at that running position, running back position, if you can get him for any second round pick, I'm not quite comfortable playing a late first. You know, that's not where I'm at yet because I don't think James Conner's longevity is there, but it's, it's, it's borderline there, right? Yeah, it depends. And it, it's good timing for the show because I actually got an offer from a contending team of their 2022 second in a super flex format for my James Conner in a league this morning. And I accepted that yeah. because one, you know, it, it's tough to project the exact finishes, but I didn't think they were a top two, top three seed. Um, but, you know, even for a late second in super flex, The problem with Connor is that certain players, I feel like, just don't hold a ton of trade value, even when something like this happens. Um, So I I did not think that I could get two seconds for him. I could have pushed for the second plus the third, but I was happy with the second. And again, it depends on, you know, gauging the GMs in your league, um, gauging how willing people are to trade for him. And then also, I do think that Connor is a little bit of a sell high because 
we're not expecting another 40-point outing from him, even though he's going to be the lead back for Arizona for the next three or four weeks, right? We, we expect yeah. a touchdown-dependent RB2 production because at the same time, they face Carolina this week, who's tough on the run, and then they face Seattle, who's been good at the run, right. and then at, after that, Chase Edmonds may be back. So, yes, I do think he's a good fill-in for contending teams who need an RB2 spot for the next few weeks but at the same time don't expect that kind of production from him so it's yeah. it's really a gray area for all these buys and sells well and with with colt mccoy starting this week i mean if you look at the last several weeks you look at james connor you know he put up 10 points 10 carries 29 yards luckily he saved out with a touchdown the week after that 16 carries for 71 no touchdowns that gets you eight points you know then it was 10 for 64 and a touchdown Five for twenty-two, but he saved it with two touchdowns. You know, you're right. He he's in that offense where you want him to be. He has produced the touchdowns, but he's been very touchdown dependent. Luckily, he's been putting up. I mean, he has four two touchdown games this year. You know, and no one else has that. And that's what's what's kind of propelled his status. And I, I think you know, in in those type of situations, you definitely want him. And that's why we're talking about for contenders. You know, this is the type of player you want. This is the guy that's going to be there. The question that I have sometimes is people are saying, hey, I'm four and five and James Conner's my RB2. What do I do? You know, and, and that's the tricky part, right? Because if you're four and five and James Conner's your RB2, you're in a sticky situation here where maybe it's time we, we got to evaluate that, right? Do we trade James Conner to someone that's up there and maybe trade James Conner for like an early second and Khalil Herbert or Chuba Hubbard or one of these other guys, or even Chase Edmonds. I've seen people do those kind of moves where, you know, when when James Robin when when Etienne went out, I traded Etienne for James Robinson and flip-flopped to first and second. So try to get that production, try to stay in that same realm. And Carson or sorry, Carson, we're gonna talk about next. But Connor's a guy that, you know, he could be a sell high, he could be a buy low. It's really dependent on your league. And I feel like it's at least worth exploring, you know, and trying to see what kind of value you can get there. The other guy I wanted to talk about is Chris Carson. Chris Carson just is is coming off IR this week. He's been injured a lot, you know, and he's he's been banged up. But when on the field, he is a fringe RB one. You know, he's always at least an RB two. The the three games that he's played this year, you know, he's put up 12, 15, 16 points. You know, so what are we doing with Chris Carson right now? I feel like if you're a contender, I don't think he's worth a first. You know, last year was the guy where I was like, go buy him for a first, right? He's still there. He would you first? Would you rather have Carson or Connor? And second, what kind of value are we looking at for Chris Carson? Yeah, personally, I'm staying far, far away from Chris Carson. Um, the PTs that I follow on Twitter, that I read, uh, you know, Gene Bramel over at Football Guys, Edwin Poyas over at Fantasy Points, guys like this, uh, they're talking about his, you know, cervical neck issue where it's very risky, right? This could be a potential season ender, career ender. We just don't know. And then on top of that, even if he does practice on Wednesday, as the Seahawks are supposedly saying, um, and, you know, activated from IR this week or next, is he going to go back to the role that he had before? Are we going to see more Alex Collins and DJ Dallas and Travis Homer mixed in there because they're concerned about his longevity? So, again, you know, this is just a risky bet where, depending on the price, maybe I take a stab at him, but, you know, Honestly, if I'm paying a late second, I'd rather take a shot on Connor at this point because I know that he's going to play the next couple weeks. And no, I don't think that he's going to put up RB1 production that that excuse me Carson potentially could if he's fully healthy and goes back to that role, but I don't trust that. I got gotcha. you. No, I'm, I'm okay with that. The one guy you and I both seem to be in complete agreement here, a guy that you go out and buy, is Darrell Henderson, right? I mean, Darrell Henderson gets week six, 15, 16, 17. He's got all top 10 matchups in the run game. You know, he has looked fantastic. Um, he's had game multiple games. You know, he has five games over 17 points. They are an offense that's just, again, kind of like Connor, that Rams offense just is clicking. You know, I know this past week was a little rough, but for the, for the season long, they have been clicking, and he's a guy that I'm firmly going out there and buying you know, and I would be willing to pay more than either of the last two guys that we've been talking about. Yeah, and this is where, you know, try not to be stingy for contending teams, right? I mean, don't get taken for, you know, for over great overpays, but 
At the same time, I'd rather pay a first plus a second for Daryl Henderson than a second for Chris Carson or James Conner right now. Like, I want that reliable production. I want that workhorse role. And obviously, if you can, get Sony Michelle, too, as the handcuff. Um, but some of these deals that I've seen for Daryl Henderson are, are just straight-up steals, right? I've seen a bunch where it's just a 2021st, uh, presumably late, straight up for Henderson. Um, I've seen a 2021st plus a sweetener like David Johnson or Mike Davis, which are easy throw-ins. Um, I've seen Travis Etienne straight up, where Etienne's not doing anything for you this year. So if you're contending, that's a gamble that I'm willing to take, um, even though I know that this is a rental for the next you know seven eight weeks. Yeah, and I mean you you got me onto this, and I'm I, I sold my last K Maker share. We talked about this where Henderson has looked so good that you know Acres. There's a lot of positive things out there. You know that the fact that he wasn't on the IR now that he's on the you know what is it PMP or DNP list where he could possibly come back for the playoffs or anything like that. But I sold Cam Akers, you know, and I think you'll be proud of me here. I sold Cam Akers, Gabe Davis, and Robert Tunyon for in a heavy tight end premium for for Kittle this week. And I was thrilled because Kittle came back with a with a fury, right? And he looked amazing. But, I mean, back to Henderson. You, you know, he gets week 15, 16, and 17 in the playoffs. Seattle, third worst against you know, against the run, Minnesota 10th, Baltimore 9th. And those are some, some games that are potential shootouts where multiple touchdowns could be involved there. And he could be a league winner given those opportunities where he's going to put up 15 to 20 points in high shootout situations against teams that, you know, struggle against the run. So if you guys can go out there and get Henderson, more power to you. Another yeah, high. And real oh, quick, I will say that those teams aren't actually bad against the run. They're actually uh, outside of Minnesota. Seattle and Baltimore are pretty good uh, at allowing or at not allowing many rushing yards to running backs. Mm-hmm. But it, it's touchdowns in the red zone. Right. They can't seem to stop them because they, you know, Seattle's given up seven touchdowns to running backs in eight games. Um, the Vikings have given up eight touchdowns to running backs in eight games. And Baltimore, who allows very few rushing yards overall, actually has given up nine touchdowns to running backs in eight games. So this is really where we know that the Rams do like to run in the red zone. They've eased up off of that a little bit after upgrading Stafford. But still, you know, this fantasy playoff schedule is very friendly for Henderson. Absolutely. Um, Let's switch it over here. Kind of staying in the same position, but we don't really look at him quite like a running back. You have to buy Corderell Patterson now, right? I mean, I went out and I bought him in two separate leagues. I gave up, uh, I believe it was a second, a third in Robert Tunyon for Corderell Patterson. And I mean, the production that he's putting up and, and in depending which league you're in, you know, I think all sleeper leagues have him as wide receiver slash running back. So you can have him in either. That versatility is huge for the playoffs. My fantasy league, it just depends on your commissioner. You know, some of them I have him as running back. Some of them he's wide receiver. Some of them he's a, a flex. You can do either way, but I, he's not going away. You know, like we wanted Mike Davis to be a thing, but you look at 23, 16, 34, 18, 14, 18, 19. I mean, this past week was nine carries for 10 yards, but he had six receptions for 120. You know, so like Cordero Patterson is a weapon. And I feel like if you have a shot to get him, you know, go out and do it because yeah, I mean, at some point he might turn back into a pumpkin, right? But for right now, we have to believe what we've seen through these first nine weeks. And he, I mean, they had their bye week in there, but you have to believe Corderell Patterson is a guy who's not going to go away. I personally just made another trade. I've been super active the last couple of days on trades, but I, I know you and I were talking about this one a little bit. I gave up Godwin and Bateman, but I got Tyreek Hill and Corderell Patterson for a for a stretch run there. And I feel like that puts me in a position where I still have a little bit of, and that one he's he's in as a running back. So I have a little bit of flexibility there where I got a wide receiver and a running back. I love Bateman. I love Godwin. But Tyreek Hill, you know, we talk about him a lot and, and gush on what he's doing if the Chiefs can bounce back. But I, I know I went all over the place, went full circle. But Cordero Patterson, it just seems like a no-brainer. I really don't know what's stopping people from going out and getting him. Um, I, I just, we always, we've always known that the talent's there, right? I mean, we've been talking for years how he's been miscast as a wide receiver when really he does very well out of the backfield. 
Yeah. And finally, we're seeing Arthur Smith use him correctly. Um, you know, PPR RB7 on the year, RB6 in points per game. Insane. It, since Atlanta's bye, he's averaging a 63% snap share. So his usage has gone up for those who are, you know, talking about the touchdown dependency. And on the year, uh, Patterson is third in targets if we're looking at him as a running back behind only DeAndre Swift and Najee Harris. Um, if you're Absurd. concerned about the touchdown regression, Patterson's fourth in red zone target share behind only Harris and Swift and Alvin Kamara. Uh, so clearly one of Brian's red go-to go red zone targets. So I don't see why the touchdowns wouldn't keep coming at a fair rate, even if they regress a little bit. And when you look at him against another name that people are very, very high on in Dynasty, right? Cordero Patterson versus DeAndre Swift. 4.8 receptions per game to Swift's 5.9 receptions per game. 92 yards from scrimmage for Patterson versus 88 per game for Swift. Um, seven total touchdowns for Patterson thus far versus five for Swift. And Patterson's scoring 19.2 PPR points per game versus 18.2 for DeAndre Swift. So don't think about buying Cordero Patterson as, oh, I'm getting eight games out of this guy and you know I paid a second and a third, something like that for him. Think about it like you're renting DeAndre Swift for the next eight games for a second round rookie pick. Like that, you can't do that because of collusion, but this is essentially what you're doing if you're paying for Cordero Patterson, right? Yeah. Think about it in those terms. I love that, you know, because I DeAndre Swift's going to cost you three first now, at, you know, at minimum. I feel like that's where you're at, and you're you're buying the production. You know, you, if you take the names out of it, the production that Cordero Patterson has given, you know, it, I'm not advocating going out there and giving up, you know, something that could be a mid first or anything like that, but the the production that he's get, been putting up is undeniable, and he's definitely most owners that have him. You know, and I have him in almost all my leagues now. They got him for free, right? And they're like, "Oh, I'm making some value. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna push this because I feel like it's not gonna sustain." And it's, if it, it it's lasted this long, it's looked this good. He's just available out there. Go get him. Go get Cordero Patterson. Thank yeah, us later. He, he's not even that expensive. I mean, again, looking at just trades from November, the last couple of weeks, a lot of people are getting him straight up for a 2022 second, right? Um, Michael Gallup for Patterson and Tyler Conklin, Jacoby Myers straight up, um, Odell Beckham straight up. These are trades that have happened, and that's an easy smash except to get Patterson if you're contending right now. 100, 100% there. I'm um, going to talk real quick here about, I mean, the Broncos went out and they just embarrassed Dallas this past weekend. But what I want to talk about is the upcoming schedule for these guys. You know, whether it's Javante Williams – the, the schedule that these guys have, I mean, Melvin Gordon's been carrying, you know, a good share of that. If Melvin Gordon co goes down, you know, Javante Williams' stock is going to go through the roof because if you look what he has coming up, he's got Philly, their fourth most friendly. Then they got the bye, you got the Chargers, everything the whole way down. This looks like Jonathan Taylor's schedule from last year. It is eight straight games in the green of bottom 10 run defenses. And then when you get into the fantasy playoffs, you're looking at this exact same thing. Javante Williams, if he's still available, if you could still buy him on the cheap, I'm saying, you know, Melvin Gordon's still worth it to go out there and get him because the points are going to be there. But I'm telling you, this kid, if it if the injury occurs, Javante Williams could see an absolutely massive increase in value here and production down the stretch. And, you know, in my home league, someone just dropped him. You know, they were like, before this week, they're like, I couldn't decide between him and, and Tony Pollard. And they dropped Javante Williams, and I'm I'm all in there. You know, I'm going, I'm going after him with my fab because this is a juicy, juicy schedule down the stretch. Yeah, and look, I'm all for buying Javante Williams because from what we've seen, I wasn't as high on him as others were in the preseason. But based on what we've seen from him, I'm, I've come around. But at the same time, you know, I hear I hear this narrative a lot, right? What if Melvin Gordon misses time? Yeah. What if Javante Williams misses time? Melvin right? Gordon's the PPR he's the cheaper RB version, fifteen. Yeah, and I, I mean, he gets no respect for a third round rookie pick in some in some leagues preseason. I mean, you can still get Gordon for a second. A lot of the deals that we uh, just discussed for Cordero Patterson, you can certainly get Absolutely. Melvin Gordon for those prices and. 
I mean, if you need a plug-and-play RB2, why not, again, go for the cheaper guy? We talked about Cordero Patterson versus DeAndre Swift, and Melvin Gordon is still out-carrying and out-producing Javante Williams, and we've seen nothing from the Broncos to indicate that that's going to change the rest of the season. Yeah, no, that, that's a great point. You know, and we, we're trying to cover both areas there. You know, like if you're all in, you could probably get Melvin Gordon for a second, you know, and I, I think that's that's a great buy there and that's a great narrative to put that way. You know, you can go either direction. Another guy that you could have bought for a third round pick in the offseason, but now, you know, as a top 10 running back is Leonard Fournette. I mean, Leonard Fournette right now is another guy that I feel like you've got to go out there and buy. I mean, he's had some monster weeks. Uh, you know, he hit 21, 30, 17. I mean, he's been really, really putting up those points, which, you know, we're going to talk about Brady here soon, which is mandatory when we're talking about, you know, buy low veterans and things like that. But Leonard Fournette has to be a guy in that same kind of area where if you got a second sitting around, go out there and make an offer for Leonard Fournette. Yeah, I, I'm just a little hesitant on him because – um, I don't know how much they run when they have Antonio Brown and Rob Gronkowski healthy for the stretch run mm-hmm. um, late in the season. And then also just because he does get the Saints again in the first week of the fantasy playoffs in week 15. Uh, another tough run defense yeah. against Carolina in 16. So I think just looking at the schedule, the fantasy playoffs aren't quite as good for him. But definitely the upcoming schedule is phenomenal to get you there. Well, let's let's stick with that. Let's stick with that team here. I mean, you know. You got, they got New Orleans, which seems to have, like, during the regular season, they have Tom Brady's number, you know, but once we get to the, like, I saw a thing, it was like New Orleans, Eli Manning, and Nick Foles are the only people that have Tom Brady's number, and that's kind of accurate, but they get Carolina, and then they get the Jets, they get the Jets week 17, the Jets are the friendliest to the wide receivers, they're the friendliest, not to the quarterbacks, but I mean, like, we have a situation here where, Tom Brady has been putting up monster numbers again. I mean, if you're in a six-point passing touchdowns, he's almost a lock for 35 points every single week. I mean, and that's that's putting you in a, in a crazy situation where see who owns Tom Brady. You know, still go out there and make that offer, even if you got to go. You know, trade one of your guys back and get a little bit. It, it's an exciting round to an area to get. Tom Brady, to get Mike Evans, to get Antonio Brown, to get Chris Godwin, because they do have a pretty nice schedule down the down the road here. Uh, we have to talk about Tom Brady. I, mean, I, know, I know, you I don't like that. that. I know. it's <laughs> You slipped um, me a five before we even started this. You're like, let's talk about Brady a little bit. No. <laughs> uh, look, um, last year, before the 2020 season, do you know what my heaviest bet was? Before the tw- Tom Brady MVP. That and the Bucks to win the Super Bowl. And that was, again, my favorite bet this preseason. Brady to win the MVP at plus 1,400. You know, I, I've, I've probably talked about this on four or five of our shows <laughs> earlier this year. But the man is on pace for 5,600 yards and 53 passing touchdowns. And I don't feel like anyone's talking about this. No. He's the QB1 um, and everybody's talking about Lamar. Everybody's talking about what Stafford's doing. And, I mean, they're having great seasons in their own right. But he's still the QB1. Yeah, and you talk about the Saints um, shutting down the Bucks. A lot of that was turnovers. Brady still threw for close to 400 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, two picks, one of them awful to seal the game. But at the same time, fantasy-wise, he had a great day, right? There was no issues uh, there. And again, this is where people have been talking about the age problem uh, for years, right? The impending demise. And we just have yet to see it. Look, I understand that you can get younger quarterbacks um, in your leagues, but I'd rather pay a first or a first plus a second for a 44-year-old Brady if I'm contending right now, right? He might get Gronk back this week. It sounds like Antonio Brown is still a couple weeks out. But at this point in time, there's no quarterback with a safer floor and higher ceiling rest of season. I see no reason why he cannot finish as the number one fantasy quarterback for this season. And even in one quarterback, I think I'd be close to paying, you know, a late first, early second, if that gets me a title. Yeah. And I mean, I'm looking at it where I I just made a deal where I gave up three firsts and Teddy Bridgewater to get Lamar Jackson and David Montgomery because I was like, yo, Lamar's at that ceiling. I mean, Lamar's ceiling this year, he has been rock solid, right? He's been phenomenal. But if you can buy Tom Brady for one, that's a totally different game, right? You cannot buy Josh Allen most of the time. 
and that was in a 14-team league. You can't buy Mahomes. Well, maybe there's a little bit window there, but Lamar, you know, and, and Mahomes and Josh Allen, those guys, Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray, you can't get them. It's not happening. And, you know, you're going to have to pay an arm and a leg. Go out there and get Brady. S- send us some offers. You know, I want to see what you guys are able to get Tom Brady for. Last year, I bought him in my 10-team, two-quarterback league. You know, someone's like, hey, I'm out of it. Just give me a first. Guess what? You know, that was supposed to be a rebuilding team for me. But I was like, I'm going to give up that first because I think Brady with the Bucks is going to be something that's special. I won the championship, and I'm undefeated this year. You know, it's like... Being able to get Tom Brady. No one says that he's not playing next year or the next year. You know, it's like, I get his age, but, like, this is nothing we've ever seen before. There were It was probably four years ago where you could buy Tom Brady for a super flex first, right? Because you're like, ah, he's getting up there in age. If you did that four years ago, think about all the production you got for that first-round pick. It's insane. Yeah, and even now when he's the number one scoring fantasy quarterback, even after a bye week, right? <laughs> Um, you're still seeing deals in November over the last couple of weeks, uh, Baker Mayfield straight up, Matt Jones straight up. Um, I saw a couple where uh, it was Terrace Marshall and a second for Brady and Superflex. These are all Superflex deals, not one quarterback. Um, Somebody gave them up for Darnell Mooney straight up. And like at this point, you'll probably need to pay a first or even a first plus a second in a lot of Superflex leagues. But these deals are still out there depending on you know your league. One of my favorites was in draft. And we talk about being able to navigate in draft. The guy above me wanted Devon – or behind me, I had the 107. He had the 108. He really wanted Devonta Smith. And I knew Waddle was still there. And I was like debating between the two. And I was like, hey. He goes, yeah, I'm, I'm not – I'm rebuilding a little bit. He's like, I'll give you Brady to move up one spot. I was like, all right, no problem. So I ended up getting Waddle and Brady. You know, you know, it's a one quarterback league, so it's not too much to write home about. But it's like sometimes you can navigate and get those vets. Sometimes teams that are you, you never know until you go out there and check where they're not in contention. You can buy these players on the cheap. You know, and there's there's other quarterbacks definitely to target in there. The one guy I wanted to talk about, and I know he's got a juicy schedule down the tra- down the end with in the fantasy playoffs. Jalen Hurts gets to play Washington twice, but this offense is not the same, right? This is not the same offense where Jalen Hurts was putting up 30 fantasy points a game. They are running nonstop. And I keep getting questions about Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard basically comes out and he goes back-to-back over 15 points. He's getting the touchdowns. You know, are we at a spot where we should consider selling high on Jalen Hurts based on what's going here? I know, you know, there's a lot of people in the community that have been up and down. His value kind of all over the place. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's tough because I I just don't know that after these last two weeks, um, you know, his value has dipped a little bit. If you were Mm -hmm. asking me, do you want to sell high after some of those huge garbage time games, then yeah, for sure. But, you know, we know the risk is there. Um, They've there have been rumors that maybe they'll check out Gardner Minshew late in the season if things aren't going well. I don't know that it'll get to that point, but to your point, uh, they have been running the ball more. Jordan Howard is definitely a sell high if you can get anything for him. Uh, but Jalen Hurts is probably a hold for me. Um, it, again, it's very price dependent. Uh, but if you're contending, I, I, I think the rushing floor is still there for him mm-hmm. because the Eagles defense is still not playing great. So there will be catch up game scripts for him going forward. Um, but again, in the fantasy playoffs against Washington twice, maybe not. So Depends on depends on what kind of quarterback you're pivoting from. If you're contending and selling Jalen Hurts, like if you can get Tom Brady plus, then yeah, I'd consider that. That is the exact trade I was. <laughs> you'll be seeing it soon. I'm I'm trying to negotiate something there where it was like I'm trying to get Tom Brady and a first for Jalen Hurts. You know, in a game in a league where I think I can win. You know, it's like I can do that. You know, and it it doesn't feel quite as risky. Um, the great point there, and it was like. Wow. You know, Washington is the friendliest when it comes to giving up points to the quarterback. And I saw him, he plays week 15 and 17. On the flip side, you know, let's talk about, you know, I, I want to talk quickly about, we'll get to wide receivers, but talk about tight ends. Logan Thomas is coming off IR. The Eagles are the friendliest when it comes to the tight end position. They are getting absolutely torched this year. 15 and 17, Logan Thomas is a guy that people forgot about, but. He's been, a, he's been a tight end one. Last year he was, I believe, the tight end six. This year he was starting out in that same kind of area. 
I think Logan Thomas, people have forgotten about him because of IR. And I think he's a guy that you could definitely go out there and buy on the cheap. Some other guys, you know, you and I have talked about is it's Tyler Conklin. You know, he has had some opportunities where he's really come out. And Zach Ertz is, is you know, we knew if he got into the right offense, he was going to be electric, you know, and he's there in Arizona. We talked about wanting Connor to be part of that offense. Zach Ertz now is in that tight end one category as well. And I think these guys can be had on the cheap end that can really fill in. I mean, you're not going to be able to buy Waller. You're not going to be able to buy Kittle. You're not going to be able to buy, you know, Hawkinson windows closed. You're not going to be able to buy Kelsey very cheap. But these are some guys that you could really throw in there. Yeah, and, you know, you mentioned Logan Thomas. And, you know, before he got hurt, he was the number six tight end in PPR. Um, He was outscoring Kittle, Knox, and Andrews over the first three weeks. And obviously you're taking, you know, Kittle and Andrews for sure over him. But at this point, we've seen that no one's really stepped up on Washington. Curtis right. Samuel's been hurt. Uh, Dimey Brown's been hurt. Uh, DeAndre Carter is like their desperation number two wide receiver behind Terry McLaurin right now. So I do think that Thomas, who is expected to be back this week, is going to step into a high-volume role rest of season. And again, he's a guy you can get for a second. You can get for guys like Gabriel Davis, Jacoby Myers, if you need tight end help. I mean, this is how cheap Logan Thomas still is right now. See, when he went down in Smash Except 2, you know, the one guy really wanted Carson Wentz, I got a first-round pick, which looks like kind of in the middle, and Logan Thomas has an add-on, you know, and I feel like the window's closed to get him in as an add-on, but, I mean, if you can get him for a second-round pick, he's been a locked and loaded tight end one. I mean, you gotta you got to go in that area. Are there some deeper guys? You know, I'm starting to look into some leagues where – you know that that tight end is one of the last positions I add. And are there some guys out there right now that you can have on the cheap end that people aren't really looking at? <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, I mean, we talked about Tyler Conklin. Um, he was a guy that I picked up for free uh, in the preseason on a lot of in a, on a lot of leagues. Um, Dan Arnold is the more recent breakout because yes. – Uh, You know, outside of that first game with the Jaguars, uh, which was just like a day or two after he got traded to the team, um, he's averaged a 66% snap share in the four games since. And over that span, he's seen seven and a half targets per game, five catches for 55 yards per game. I mean, that's good enough for tight end 14 in points per game on the season, which isn't elite by any means, but that's very serviceable production if you're loaded at, at the rest of your spots. Uh, Again, week 15, Houston, uh, fourth in fantasy points allowed to tight ends. Week 16, we talked about how bad the Jets are against tight ends. And then a tough matchup in week 17 against New England. But again, that's really on paper. They haven't faced any teams with really pass-catching tight ends outside of Dallas. And in that game, the Patriots gave up five catches for 79 yards to Dalton Schultz and a touchdown to Blake Jarwin in the same game. So again, a great fantasy uh, matchup or fancy playoff matchups for Dan Arnold. And he's a guy that you can get for a third round pick. Yeah. And, and Dan Arnold has been very good. Um, speaking of which the Dan Arnold of the fantasy community has joined us here. What is up? John What's is up, in. Boys? What's good. I don't, hey. I, I just felt like that was the perfect segue there, but how you doing? Oh, doing great. Good to be here. Showing up a little late, fashionably late. Showing up in style, just kind of That's, came in backstage, like big entrance music. I saw you walking up Conor McGregor style. Oh, so yeah. We're oh, on yeah. to we're onto the tight ends right now, and we were talking about, you know, Dan Arnold is a is a mm-hmm. is a deeper stash. We've talked about Tyler Conklin. We've talked about Logan Thomas, you know, being on the cheap end, Zach Ertz. Are there any tight ends where I mean, you know, you saw Fryermuth break out this past week, Cole Komet had a nice week. Are there some guys that are flying a little bit under the radar, guys that just aren't getting the love that they deserve that you're going out there and buying? Yeah, for sure. I was going to mention uh, Pat Farmuth. He's he's actually really shown what he can do when he's gotten the, the target share in Pittsburgh with Ebron out. The last couple of weeks, he's getting a ton of red zone looks from Big Ben. And remember, this guy actually has some of the, the draft pedigree, the athleticism, and he's just – he seems to be always on the field. So this is one I really like because he, you could still kind of get him for sneaky value um, in uh, a team where you're competing, but certainly in rebuild. He's a great guy to build around. So that, that one I like a whole lot right now. It, you know, there's there's even still some leagues where, you know, in a rebuild, maybe go reach out and 
pick up Herb Smith if you can. Someone like that, that that just completely off everyone's radar. Some guy that's trying to make some moves and compete. Like, all right, we'll throw in Herb Smith for me and we can get the deal done. That's another one I, uh, I might recommend you look at. I like it. Let's move over to the wide receiver position, right? I mean, this is one where who are those guys that we've got to go out and buy, right? I mean, Cooper Cup's almost become unobtainable because of the type of season he's had. This felt like a dirty move, but I traded Robert Woods in a late 23 first for Cooper Cup, and I don't regret it. And I know that seems a little bit on the crazy side when you thought it was 1A, 1B, but it certainly isn't. I mean, Cooper Cup is just absolutely dominating. And because of the age, some people are not quite catching up on the value of what he's been putting up. I mean, he had, this was one of his worst games, 11 for 95 and 20, 20 fantasy points. I mean, he is a lock for 20 fantasy points almost every single week. Ceiling of, he's had five games over 30. I mean, that's insane for value for a guy like that. I mean, what are we willing to give up on a contending team to get Cooper Cup? Is two firsts crazy? You know, I, I mean, is that... Is that kind of the, the ceiling there? What are we trying to do? Not at all. I mean, we talked about, what, last week or a couple weeks ago where I prefer Cup over Devontae Adams at this point. So I, I think he's still undervalued based on where I value him. So if you can get him for two first, then that's definitely a move I consider for a strong contending team. Yeah, and I mean, when I talked about that Robert Woods deal, I was talking to my brother and he's like, no, oh, that what sense does that make? And I'm like, a lot because I mean Robert Woods is flying a little bit under the radar he's had a couple nice weeks here where I feel like you know a late first can buy you Robert Woods and you want as many pieces as as possible in that Rams offense you know and I think even Van Jefferson has really stepped in there and and gotten similar type play to Robert Woods but Cooper Cup is a league winner this year you cannot deny what he's been able to do when he's been out there my little Cooper Cup that's the sweetest See, I was thinking, I was thinking about coming out singing, you know, Red Cooper Cup, but you know, like we get more like, like a I red. Like mine. Goes, <laughs> Yours is better. Uh, little reference there, uh, but but definitely, um, he, he, everyone that has Cooper Cup does have the sweetest smile on their face because he, he looks like a league winner. And two firsts, that's a smash for me, Dad. I, yeah, I, I've it's been hard to to pick him up though. I think that everybody's kind of onto it at this point. He, that move was like a month ago, I think. Uh, but but for sure, uh, he's just a, a guy that just appears to be potential wide receiver one on the season if he can stay healthy down the stretch here. And Stafford, um, despite the, the off week that he just had, looks like even a potential MVP candidate. And he had, I think, a down week. with like It felt like he had a down week at least. He had 11 receptions for 90-something yards and still just piled up the PPR points. So two firsts for sure would be worth it to me or a piece in a first for sure. If you can make that move, maybe part with a younger wide receiver and a, and a first and, and pick up a guy that could maybe push you over the edge and, and, and win a ship. The question that I'm getting the most right now is dad, what do I do with Calvin Ridley? I think Calvin Ridley is the hardest mm -hmm. thing right now in fantasy to try to figure out, you know, because I feel like, you know, I mean, obviously mental health is a, is a big thing, you know, and it's, it, he, he stepped away and he's getting some help and that's great, but we don't know when he's coming back. You know, he's eligible to come back week 13, but we don't know if that's when he's going to come back, you know, and we're looking at a guy who has been fantastic when he's on the field, but I believe he's going, you know, he's going to be what, 27 years old. What kind of moves can we make? You know, someone's offered me Debo Samuel straight up for him you know, in a, in on a contending team. And I'm like, I feel like I'm giving up some value, but Debo, you know, with, with the exception of when Kittle came back is a different type story, but it's only one week. But I mean, what, what are we doing with Calvin Ridley? If you're on a contender, you know, you were banking on him being your wide receiver one wide receiver two. We got to move off him, right? We got to move, make some kind of move here. If you're, if you're in that win now mode, what are we doing? Yeah, I think that, look, I mean, he, there's there's enough uncertainty in the situation where if you are contending and you had Calvin Ridley, you got to try and move him. Maybe you take a little loss, but this is a situation where you, you, you got to, I mean, and we got Mr. Risk Averse Mong over here, who's I think probably going to agree with this. There There is a lot of risk that, that the guy just doesn't come back, right? Yeah. I mean, that's obviously the worst case scenario. And so the value you can just kind of see continuing to decline over time. If another news story pops, this guy ain't coming back this season, you just lost a lot more value. 
So it really depends on, of course, every team. But if you're continuing to your point, you got to be shopping and see what you can get. If I could get Debo for Calvin Ridley, smash for me. I was trying to get a little plus. The guys that, you know, people that have asked me, I've been saying, try to get Mike Evans. Try to get Keenan Allen. Try to get, you know. There you go. Adam Thielen plus, you know, some people aren't totally on the Michael Pittman trade. Get get a guy like that. It, it's so hard. Okay. I mean, you know, I, I feel like we might lose a little bit of value, but it's kind of, you know, like John said, Mung, you're a little bit less risk averse. I mean, what's the bottom line here we're taking for Calvin Ridley? What's that guy where you're like, okay, that's the lowest I would go? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's just very tough right now, right? Because Calvin Ridley is a player whose value is, you know, there's a wide range of how people value him right now because of the uncertainty. But I've still seen trades where someone got Amari Cooper straight up for him. That was another right? one, yeah. Um, that you know, that's a deal I would I would take in a heartbeat, especially if I'm contending. I saw somebody get Mike Williams straight up for Ridley. So these deals are still available out there. Um, I saw somebody get Jalen Waddle straight up for Calvin Ridley. And these are all deals that I would make, especially as a contender. Um, and you're right. At this point, you're probably selling him for 60, 70 cents on the dollar. I, I saw a deal uh, that was Calvin Ridley plus a first for George Kittle. Um, so, you know, certainly losing a little value there. You are getting Keenan Allen straight up in some leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, I, I think the longer you wait, uh, the less that you're going to be able to get for him. So you have to make that decision soon. Uh, can I potentially contend without him? And two, do I need the wins now, or can I afford to potentially wait until week 13 and hope he comes back, right? If you're 7-2 and two right now and you have three or four strong wide receiver options, then maybe you can wait until right before the fantasy trade deadline and hold and hope that he comes back. But for teams who might not be, or who might be six and three with players on bye this week, um, or you know five and four, and you think that you are a contender, but you need wins now, then yeah, I think you do need to take a little bit of a loss on Ridley, and you know try to get something usable for him for the foreseeable future. That's great analysis. I love that. I mean, it's, it, it's a very difficult situation indeed. Another guy that's in a difficult situation. We we you know talked about him a little bit before. If you Bought Mike Williams early, you were thrilled. At this point, he is banged up. You know, that knee is not right. And we're looking at two receptions in each of his last three games. You know, this was his best week out of those three with 58 yards. He just doesn't look the same. He's zapped, you know, some of that explosiveness. What are we doing there? You know, I mean, Mike Williams, this is a knee injury that, you know, he's been banged up his entire career. Can we get, you know, are we, would you give up? Mike Williams to get Adam Thielen for a stretch run? Would you give up, you know, and try to get one of these veterans? I get a lot of questions of like, hey, what's going on, man? We're looking at three or four straight games here where Mike Williams is, I'm putting him out there as my wide receiver two, wide receiver three, and he's putting up duds. What are we doing with him? Yeah, it really kind of depends on your team makeup, right? Because, you know, I kind of like um, having some big boom guys uh, on my team where you know in on any given week they could just completely blow the top um but if you if you really need consistent production right now um out of a guy and you you know you're you're in tight matchups every week mike williams could actually cost you a couple weeks so it does kind of depend on how you have really constructed your team i do see some some risk i mean early on in the season he was stringing together a lot of boom weeks in a row, but now we've seen them kind of fall off again. I think the defenses are kind of um, onto that a little bit and making their adjustments. Typically, after about, I mean, roughly five, six, seven games, there's enough film out there where people start to realize, all right, we got to rotate more coverage over to to Mike Williams. He was still actually getting a lot of um, red zone targets and and um, still getting a lot of love. It just wasn't necessarily connecting. Uh, so if you could get somebody like uh, more than a Thielen, to your point, or someone like that that gives you more consistent production, you may want to consider it. And he does have that injury history, so we're, we're you know, the, the concern again, just on the risk averse side, is that something else happens to this guy, and again, value's gone at that point. On the, anything to add to that, Monk? Yeah, I'm on the complete opposite. I I would aggressively buy Mike Williams right now. Um, from what I've seen, the reports, the knee is okay now. 
Um, but he's he's matched up against J.C. Jackson two weeks ago and then against yeah. Darius Slay mm-hmm. last yeah. week. But now he Good gets point. Minnesota, yep. Pittsburgh coming up. Um, I, I think he gets back to maybe not quite the top five numbers we were seeing uh, in the first few weeks because that was somewhat touchdown dependent. But I think he's a strong wide receiver two option rest of season still. And, you know, people are understandably nervous after three down games in a row first due to the injury and then two very tough matchups. But I have faith I, from, again, from what I've heard, the yeah, knee right injury on. is no longer an issue. So yes, he has had injury issues in the past, but you know, again, uh, midway through the season, right? This is the time to roll the dice. And, and I do like rolling the dice. Mm-hmm. On I love it. We, like we it. were talking about depth and trying to build a little bit of depth here because of injuries, because of COVID I made four trades this week that I got this guy thrown in. And, and Mung, I know you love this guy. I got him thrown in on every deal. Just like, hey, just throw him in. He's not going to help your team. And that's Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley is that depth wide receiver that you can throw in there and, and feel comfortable. I mean, he's got week six, 21 points on nine targets. Week eight, 21 points on 13 targets. Week nine, 11 points on 11 targets. Cole Beasley is that non-sexy name along with Hunter Renfro. That if you can get those guys added into deals right now, you can buy them for third round picks. Those are the guys that when when all of a sudden they say, "Hey, DeAndre Hopkins isn't playing this week," you're like, "Okay, I can I can plug this guy in, and I don't feel bad about it." Right? Both of them are guys that are respectively top thirty wide receivers at this point, and go out there and just get it done. I mean, Hunter Renfro, you know, he's had every single game this year except for Week Six, he's been above ten points, and it. When you have that situation where you need a depth wide receiver, you want them to get at least 10 points. And he goes out there five, six catches every single game and goes out there and gets it done. Any any guys like that for you? I mean, I know, Mung, those are two of the guys that you totally agree with that we talked about. But are there any of those other guys out there where it's like, dude, get that guy as a depth move? I mean, yeah, you're not going to be able to buy some of these big-name wide receivers. You're not going to be able to buy A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf. But if you've got a third floating around and you can buy Cole Beasley or third and a tossing go do it yeah and i mean beasley and renfro they're, they're just seeing a ton of target volume renfro obviously too with rugs now gone um these are guys who are outscoring bigger name wide receivers like Cortland sutton and t higgins and lavisca chanelton points per game uh, i mean if you can honestly i like i understand that i was never on the chanel train so i have a question for you guys would you trade lavisca chanel for renfro or beasley on a contending team <laughs> well, that's I, painful. It, Go it ahead, is. Dad. I would. I would. You would do it. What we say? I know Beasley, you would. Can, would you give me Beasley in a third? If you, if you say yes, I would do it. I know. I'm always trying to get that extra third. It's the Riley Bymaster principle. I mean, Lavisca Chenault's putting up like four points most weeks. I mean, I, like that's just that's scary, you know. So it's like I might do it. I know that sounds crazy, and I know most people that love Lavisca Chenault would just flip out, but. Can I maybe get both of them? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, you know, they're just guys who are producing. Again, the unsexy names, Mm -hmm. right? How many years in a row could you get Julian Edelman for a couple thirds, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, a couple other under-the-radar names who've just been consistently producing. Um, Tim Patrick, he's one. We've seen that opposing cornerbacks, the number one guys, are matching up on Cortland Sutton, which is forcing Teddy Bridgewater to go elsewhere. Um, and number two, this is a newer guy who is going to be definitely more boomer bust. But with Odell Beckham released, I mean, Donovan People Jones is he becomes that Van Jefferson type deep threat, right? Where he's probably going to get you zero points a couple weeks. And then when you need it, if you're playing the matchups, he might get you 20. John, that's bringing back memories of you down with DPP, but it's DPJ, <laughs> Donovan Peoples Jones. Go out and get him. Yeah, you know? I do like that one. Yeah, he, and he, he's, he's a big play threat as well now and they desperately need that especially with uh beckham leaving and um heading to green bay i'm sorry that hasn't been announced quite yet um (laughs) by the way i like the van jefferson one i was gonna throw in someone like christian kirk yeah well he's Uh, he's wide receiver 24 right now and he threw a beautiful deep ball yeah yeah that that play was like that was actually designed for AJ Green and DeAndre Hopkins to do the little flip around, and I, I heard him on NFL Today. He was like, "Hey, I got my shot." That was a beautiful pass, man. Should have been yeah, a touchdown. Right and I, I, th- I was going to throw another one in for for rebuilds. I mean, 
not maybe as cheap to your point, but Jalen Waddle. <laughs> I mean, he's just, he, it, I think it's Jamar Chase has just kind of stolen the show, right? Yeah. But I mean, Jalen Waddle is getting a ton of targets in Miami. And it, it, just to, if we can just get two in there and stay healthy for a little bit, I really like that. They're often playing from behind. And the, the kid is is a superstar. Athleticism, big play. He's get he's kind of lining up and getting catches all over the field. So um, I actually think it is a guy that you could look at paying a little bit more for. Uh, maybe rebuild and or contender could potentially work with Wall right now. Mung, we talked about this earlier, and I I like that. We we talked about you know that you can buy Javante Williams, and I know you were saying you know buy Melvin Gordon on the cheap. You can buy Me- uh, Javante Williams before he blows up because that schedule's so good and and, and just juicy. The Jets' schedule, they have the number one wide receiver schedule the rest of the season. I mean, it is, since Mike White's come on, we saw what actually happened this past week. Is this our last chance to buy Elijah Moore? You know, I I mean, should we be throwing out cheap offers for Corey Davis? You don't want a bunch of Jets on your roster, but I mean, Mike White has looked serviceable. He's gone out there. He's put up a ton of yards, and we saw Elijah Moore was the wide receiver one overall this past week. Can we still buy him and say this is our last window here? Because he looked really good. Honestly, probably not. Because I think a lot of people who already have Elijah Moore uh, still remember the preseason hype, right? And we yeah. know that you know, he started slow this year, but people were on him. So it's not like he's coming out of nowhere. So mm-hmm. I, I think he's still going to cost you a first. Um, and I don't necessarily expect consistent production the rest of the way. So he's not someone that I'm actively looking to target for contending teams, at least. Certainly, I like the talent, but just not someone I would aggressively trade for or overpay for necessarily for his rest of season production. Respect that for sure. Are there any other guys that we just haven't hit on, you know, whether it's quarterbacks? We didn't really talk a lot about the quarterbacks. A guy who you can buy, let's say you traded your first round pick and all you have left is a second and and some, you know, some upside guys. Who are some quarterbacks that we could possibly throw out there, you know, that we could pick up that would still keep us in contention? Yeah, I mean, one name that comes to mind is Daniel Jones. Uh, You know, he's another guy who we know he can run. Uh, He's actually fifth in rushing yards right now among quarterbacks behind only Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen and Justin Fields. Um, He's getting uh, Saquon Barkley back after the bye. Uh, Could get a close to 100 percent health Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Toney. Uh, Sterling Shepard is expected back by the fantasy playoffs. So he's a quarterback who both can run and is getting a lot of yards after the catch weapons back. So someone whose stock is definitely on the rise, but uh, leaves a bad taste in the mouth of a lot of fantasy GMs because of his lack of production the last few weeks. So potentially a cheap buy mm-hmm. option rest of season. I like John- that one. I, I, I was going to maybe see if, if the, um, the recent injury to Tua might provide a little bit of discount. I mean, I think that it's certainly the rest of the season. I, I personally think that Tua is still going to be the guy next year. Um, it, he, he needs to just stay on the field. So Tua is one that I'd look at. And then maybe someone like Carson Wentz as well. Yeah, so I was just about to say that. Okay, yeah. QB 10 right now, man. Yeah, really. I mean, and, and he's now finally has a connection with Pittman, to yep. your point earlier. He's moving the ball around. He's um, occasionally getting some high – high value rushes in right near near the red zone himself it's calling his own number so yeah that might, that's kind of an interesting one too there's some guys like perennially underrated like Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr but you came right you, on just to take both my guys all three of my <laughs> oh, guys man. Oh, no, no I, I, I think all, all three of those take a first round pick to get them yeah, they do. but I that's mean what I was about to say yeah Mung and I were talking about how James Conner perennially just doesn't carry the value of what he can put up on the field Kirk Cousins is the QB 11, and you could still buy him for a first-round pick. And I, I, right. I bought him for exactly. Trey Sermon in a second two weeks ago, and I'm loving it because I didn't have a, a QB 2. you know. And I think Derek Carr, that window's in there. I mean, the window on Tannehill should have closed up because he's, he's playing pretty well. But, you know, it's an exciting time. And if you guys got questions when it comes to, you know, contending, send us those questions. You know, obviously you can do it for rebuilding too. We're going to talk about that a little bit next week. But if you guys want to know, hey, is this a – you know, you don't want to leverage the farm where it's like, we're done. You know, like I made, I, I offered up five guys, not the burger, but I offered up five guys and, you know, 
now I'm done. I, I've totally ruined my team. You know, we want to make sure we're giving you guys the best advice. So hit us up. You know, you can find all of us on Twitter. Um, why don't you guys take us away? Mung, what do you got working on? And, uh, you know, obviously some exciting news. Yeah, I'm trying to get to as many Twitter questions as I can every week, uh, especially Sunday mornings. You can find me on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. And you guys know what quarterback won't cost you a first-round rookie pick in Superflex that we talked about last year, who's making a potentially triumphant return is Taysom Hill, uh, the man himself. uh, Pretty much the discount Taylor Heineke right now. So uh, just throwing that last name out there before we sign off for the Knights, John. Yeah, hey, good to be back here. You can find me atop the Smash Except Listener League standings, first place. Well, we're, we're tied, <laughs> but you got me in points, man. Yo, get... by, by a pretty considerable. I line, know, no, but, it's uh... bad. It's bad. Derek Henry, <laughs> yeah, what? You... No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It, it, it's it's uh, going to be a, an interesting finish. You can also find me at Dynasty underscore Trades and love mixing it up with you all this time of year as things are starting to heat up towards the playoffs. Definitely, we'll try to get back on the pod with Dad and Mung here. So, yeah, um, back over to you, Dad. Yeah, thanks again for tuning in, guys. I also want to formally apologize. I have not been as active on Twitter. Life is absolutely crazy this time of year, and I appreciate you guys. You know, if you guys hit me up on DMs, I'm answering every time. I've missed a couple, and I apologize for that. But thanks again for tuning in, and enjoy the process.